And we're live. And with today's special live webcast, we have a guest with us, uh, Mr. Stephen Bonacore of Stronghold Games. Hello, Stephen. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, good, good. And we also have Lance Meister here, as usual. Yes, and I, uh, I'm, I'm pleased to announce that after uh, only eight episodes, we've finally been legitimized as a podcast, as we finally have Stephen Bonacore uh, on our show. The Podfather. The, pod, the Podfather. Yes. I must be on. I must be on all of them. I had to make you an offer you couldn't refuse, so let me on the show, of course. Now, now see, the wonderful thing is is that I, I listen to so few podcasts, so I, I'm undoubtedly going to ask the same questions of Stephen that he's answered a thousand times before, and I don't care because... Is, is that true? Um, you I'm really don't listen, you don't listen to like everybody else on the network? It's, it's not because I think I'm special or anything. I just don't have any time to... to I barely have time to, you know, do the stuff that I do as far as board games go and, and uh, you know, with family and whatever. So, um, young kids. Listen to everybody under the sun, so I'll stop you. Mm. <laughs> you repeat yourself. Yeah, there you go. Do we have a, do we have a music in the background? It's not me. Not me. Dancing's forbidden. I hear your phone <laughs> or something in the background. Something's Steven. going off, but I don't <laughs> Something was very professional. Thank you very much. <laughs> close, close your close okay. the porn hub and the red tube, and <laughs> uh, and, and let's oh. let's move forward. Oh, that's funny. It was uh, it was my other computer, and I had it set to go off with this show at eight thirty. So uh-huh. it's streaming over there. <laughs> Do you need you need some time by yourself, my friend? I'm good. Or? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Good. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just gonna dive in. I'm going to dive in, and um, I'm going to mention that, like, the very first time that I ever uh, talked to Steven, uh, it was obviously via email, and it was right when Stronghold Games got started, and I remember um, exchanging emails with you about games coming out, and um, I remember at the very beginning of Stronghold Games, like, the whole premise, or I think the, the idea to get it started was the idea that you're going to be reprinting old games, like games that were long out of print, like Survive was, like, one of your signature titles right away from the yeah. beginning. And uh, I remember being really excited to hear that that was coming back, and and so and of course like you kind of followed that up with other games that uh, haven't been out of print or whatever, and you had a of course your Merchant of Venus debacle and things like that, but you've definitely <laughs> expanded. Kerfluffle, uh, I believe we have. Kerfluffle, yes. Kerfluffle. You you've expanded outwards into. Um, Obviously, you have a very successful Space Cadet line that you are you are building off of. Um, you have uh, probably one of the best Euros to come out this year in Panamax. Uh, you have uh, Diamonds, which is a nice, simple trick-taking game that my family is enjoying a lot. And and so, what what uh, what caused like the shift? I guess is where I'm. And it's kind of a softball question. I apologize for that. I'm not really hitting you hard here. But what 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 caused like the shift of the focus or whatever for for uh, Stronghold? Well. Um getting getting into the industry um, back in the day was a lot different than doing it now right a lot of people do it just on Kickstarter and they get a lot of publicity that way and especially if they got something that uh, gets a lot of buzz they can they can they can score that buzz you know early on um, and by lots of things Kickstarter social media I mean there's a lot of things but five years ago when stronghold games started up um, we had to figure out a way that you know we could, we could get ourselves out there and elevate our brand. So how do we do that? Well, one way to do that would be to get. And I'm going to use my hands here because we're we're all on uh, on on video. If I take <laughs> great games by great designers, and then people 
all of a sudden say, well, who are these guys' stronghold games? I slowly raise my brand up to that level. So that was the original model. If I could find those games, um, they were all in demand um, by the gamers, highly rated, big in-demand games. Uh, sooner or later, people would say, well, they'll take a chance because they really want Survivor. They really wanted Code 777. They'll take a chance on stronghold games. They'll see the quality we can do and the great gameplay of those games, and then they'll, they'll stay with us as we grow. But the well, of course, of reprints um, is bound to run dry, and I think it's you know it, it certainly has dried up quite a bit because several companies did this, right? I mean, uh, uh, we 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 Valley Games did it early, uh, Z-Man did some. Yeah, what happened, we did what happened to Valley Games? Does anybody know what happened to them? Uh, I, 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 I haven't heard anything recently at all. Yeah. Fantasy Flight obviously got into it. So all that, all those reprints, the well dried up. We've got a a great one this year. I'll, I'll quickly pitch that one, Medina. Uh, we'll talk about that hopefully in a little while. Um, yep. But sooner or later, you run out of those. You run out of those games, and you're gonna go and and the plan was always to go then out and find great great games by established designers and new designers and bring those uh, on into our line, and and then to explore Europe, explore what's happening out in Europe, and bring great games that are only out in Europe and bring them here into North America and the rest of the world, because they do have worldwide distribution with Stronghold Games. And a, one of the biggest success, successes um, in, the, in, the, in the co-publication, you know, bringing something in from Europe, uh, is, is this year's Among the Stars and the expansions for Among the Stars and my new strategic partnership, uh, that I really now have with uh, Artipia Games, which is going to be fantastic, and it's going to be going on for for quite some time. So that's um, that's that was the model, and that's how it's shifted. But it's um, you know true to the the beginning that we're always going to just continue to find great games wherever they are, uh, and continue to use great components uh, to bring great things to gamers. Okay, you know backing up uh, something you mentioned, and I didn't want to interrupt you. Uh, you mentioned Kickstarter, and you've long been the biggest proponent of Kickstarter in the industry, uh, t- speaking its praises repeatedly, uh, constantly. Be nice. Do not do not misquote me. Am I am I incorrect as far as that's concerned? I'm not sure. I mean, you had the very successful. Core Worlds Digital uh, Kickstarter that, uh, that 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 you enjoyed the success of correct uh, the development studio um, that approached us to do Core Worlds uh, did launch a Kickstarter obviously we were part of it in, in helping them get that going uh, wasn't my Kickstarter the the ah. thing obviously what you're obviously what you're you're pointing at is uh, the fact that I I don't use Kickstarter um, and because and I've I've said that professional publishers shouldn't be there. It's a great, fantastic way uh, for people to raise to raise capital in general, for everything, games or, or, or inventions or movies or whatever. Fantastic thing to, to do. Um, but a professional publisher, as myself, I think, should be putting their own capital, their own marketing ability, their own personality, <laughs> getting on podcasts. We should be out there um, and, and getting... Gamers to to follow the company uh, using our own our own abilities and our own money. Um, I've also said in the past that when I go outside of my core business model, which is what bringing games, uh, you know, in the twenty dollar to sixty dollar range, you know, when I go outside of that model. Well, I have to, you have to judge what the market's going to be for a tr- 
big game, like a $100 game. And if I ever did that, or a digital game, then I would certainly get involved uh, in a Kickstarter. Uh, so for Core Worlds Digital, which, again, was not part of uh, – I did not actually do that, but we were integrally involved, of course, with it. It's That was Broken Myth Studios, fantastic group, who's going to be doing Core Worlds Digital. They ran it. We were involved with it. So we obviously backed – we said that that's a great idea. We'll, we'll I'll get behind that kind of funding on something like this. If I do a game like – best example of all that I always use is, um, is Steve Jackson Games when they did Ogre. Um, and they they went out there. And they do they, their average game is what twenty dollar games, a thirty dollar game. You know, Munchkin Line right. is that's about what they do. But instead, they they're doing a hundred dollar game now. How do they judge what the demand is? Now, obviously, the demand was tremendous. But did they know that they could bring a hundred dollar game out and print? I think in the end they printed fourteen thousand copies, or no, eleven thousand copies, something insane like that. And you know, in one huge print run. Yeah. Um, so when they when they you know did they know they were going to be able to do that? The answer is no. So they went out to Kickstarter, they checked out what the market is, obviously it did very well. To me, that's the perfect model for a professional publisher to be involved with Kickstarter. And that's what I've said from the beginning, that if I did that kind of game, and it is coming up soon, um, I have something in mind that will happen soon, um, that we will uh, we'll get into the, um, into the Kickstarter realm like that. Well, 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 okay. Okay. Kind of, uh... wait, 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 wait. What's, the... <laughs> What's this thing? No, 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 no. We can't. We cannot discuss this thing yet. Uh, I, I think this... you. I think you might have a little inside knowledge, Lance. I know that. I know you're looking to get some information on that. But I got to wait a little longer. If you want me to come back on your show to make the official announcement on that, we can discuss that. But not <laughs> quite yet. Okay. Does it? Does it rhyme with <laughs> something? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> now I know where you're going. No, 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 no. I thought you. I thought you actually. Uh, it has not rhyme with tragic helm. That is the greatest <laughs> name for the next game in the in the Space Cadets line. Space Cadets Tragic Helm. I got Engelstein right now designing that game. So you'll you'll see so that next gonna, year. What's it going to take? What you know? I mean, you you've got the inside line. I, I remember being you know a teenager and seeing Magic Realm on the the shelf at my. Uh, on my on my game store, and I know you've told me the story a million times, but I mean, I, I remember seeing it and like wanting to buy it so many times, and I just always decided not to, and and uh, and I I kick myself all the time for 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 not having a copy. I mean, just just to, just to have it, so to speak. And you you and I have talked, and and you said if you went that route, you you'd make a super overproduced. Beautiful copy yep, of it, but I I, and I understand you just don't, you can't no. get the rights to it or what have you. No, 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 no. and I, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll address that one directly, and 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 that is not, unfortunately, for those out there that are really looking to see Magic Realm come back in, that's not, unfortunately, the announcement that I will be making in the near future. Uh, it's still tied up in in legal issues due to, and, and it is really directly due to um, the uh, the the Merchant of Venus kerfluffle. Um, there were there were some there are some very big players, one very big player involved with that, right? I mean, um, does, does that rhyme with Rabro? Yeah, no, I can we can speak. That's okay. I mean, Hasbro, you know, obviously was involved. With Matt, with the Magic Realm licensing issue, um, you you know, and now that they have, they know who I am. They know Stronghold Games. They know the whole thing. Until all of the legal issues around that are resolved, and there is a path. There is an absolute path to making that happen. 
I can't, I can't move forward on that. In fact, Hasbro has even said, just this, certain things have to happen, and God bless you. Go right ahead. But certain things haven't happened, and they're not on me to make happen. And that's really all I can say. I mean, that's that's about it. I mean, it's a, certain things have to happen, um, and there's it's just tied up right now. All right, I'm bug you with one last question, and then Joel yes, can ask fine. something. So <laughs> this 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 big major news event that you just can't divulge or whatever. Fine, I understand. Is it a reprint? No. Oh well, then I have no idea. There you go. There you go. Okay. Can you name me, Can you name the designer? <laughs> no. <laughs> are you going to? Are you guys going to BGG Con? Uh, I wish. Yeah, I wish uh, as well. That's a great con. I will announce it by then. So if you want me to announce it with you around or something, and you want me to be back on the show between now and then, we can do it. Okay. But not not right now. Joel, make it's, it happen. There's so We're many other, yeah. there's so many other things for us to talk about that we don't want to talk about new news right now. That's not happening for a while. Let's talk about some current news. Right. Let's talk about I how got... great. Let's talk about how great Gen Con was. Let's talk about yeah. the fact that you two, what does somebody call us? You two jack wagons. Somebody <laughs> called us that in Twitter today. I thought it was great. Jack wagons wouldn't have a beer with me at Gen Con. What is up with that? What are uh, you talking about? I had a beer with you at uh, at the at, at the hotel. You bought it for me. I did? Oh, crap. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, remember, cause we, remember we got up there, and then we asked for something uh, for uh, on tap, and the tap was broken? And the guy's like, yeah, our tap engineer isn't here. Oh, no, at the um, at the, at the Secret Cabal thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you did show up. Yeah, that was uh, such a madhouse. I that showed up. I was there. That's right. We did. We did. Okay. All right. Yeah, so how was your water, Joel? Yeah, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we do not judge water. You know, it's an acceptable beverage. I judge. I judge, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was a. I mean, the Secret Cabal um, meetup was great, except for the fact that the taps ran out, the bottles ran out. They yeah. they completely drained. Think about that. On a Saturday night, they they drained a bar of of everything. It was that was just wild. But um. This was a board game convention you guys were at? <laughs> <laughs> board game conventions often have uh, great social uh, events as well. That's yes, why I highly do. recommend everybody out there, go to go to your local convention and go to Gen Con, go, come to BGG Con, you'll have a great time. Well, Stephen, I had one last follow-up question, kind of uh, dovetailing off everything Atlanta had asked you so far. Then we can get into some Gen Con stuff. Um one thing that is, I don't know if it's missing, it's just not there in your line, is you got, you know, nice reprints, good family games, you know, Diamonds, you've got a great card game there, as well as, like, Revolver and stuff you brought over in Core Worlds. And you have good, solid Euros that you have brought over. And one thing that's missing, and I think, from listening to you on other podcasts, I think your favorite game is War of the Ring, if I'm not mistaken. But we don't you are see... correct. Okay. We don't see a lot of the, you know, the Ameritrash, the thematic, however you want to call it, that style of game. Is that something that you are going to publish one day? You got, you know, Irons in the Fire in that case? Do you mean, well, are you talking like really like a war game, I guess is what you Well, you're I mean, I guess you could almost, you can almost kind of throw Space Cadets in that category in some ways. It's more of a, it's, that's a nice hybrid in a lot of ways as well, but. Um, I have a lot of I have I I think I have a lot of hybrid style games. I mean I, yeah. I don't I don't have um um 
I guess, a true war game, certainly. Don't have mm-hmm. one of those. I don't have a, um, a game of, like, multiplayer conflict. I don't have that. And I love that style. I absolutely love it. But um, those games, you've got to find the right game. Um, yeah. Hey. Hey. I'll give you something. You want okay. a scoop? You want a scoop here? <laughs> Give it to us. All right. This is, a, this is a scoop. This is a scoop. This is along those lines, but not exactly. It's along those lines. Um, I will be. I, I, I've actually might have talked about this general concept in the past, um, but I'm going to be uh, establishing a line of games that's called the Great Designers Series. Okay. And what I'm going to be doing with that line is I'm going to basically um, invite certain designers to to come to this to bring games into this line you know who are of the absolute top echelon of of designers and the first game that I'm going to be doing and I have not announced this yet but I've I have an agreement in principle to do it so I I um, I'm going to mention it is a Martin Wallace game uh, he does warrows, I guess you could say. They're, they're you know, right. uh, games with lots of conflict, but very streamlined mechanics. Um, I'm a very big fan of Struggle of Empires. You, you guys played that game? I think that's one of Lance's favorite games, right? Struggle of Empires yeah, by Martin Wallace? I, I love enjoy, it. I enjoy Struggle a great deal, yeah. I love that game. Well, he, he did a revised uh, version of that game. I don't know if you know this, called Age of Reason. Do you guys know that? No. 500 copies of that game were printed in German only. I'm making that. I've, I've signed an agreement in principle with uh, uh, Spielworks, which owns the license on that, and I'm going to have worldwide English rights um, and put that as my first game in the Great Designer Series, uh, Age of Reason by Martin Wallace. And Martin's a great... He is one of my absolute favorite designers um, and... A good friend of mine too. Uh, you know, since the beginning of Stronghold Games, we've, we've uh, struck up a relationship. He's a great guy, and I'm really proud to be bringing that game uh, to uh, you know to to the English market, to you know worldwide worldwide English publication uh, during uh, the early part of 2015. Fantastic! There you That's go. Great. That's a scoop. I've given you I'm a excited. scoop. Are you are you happy? I guess. <laughs> no, I do that. Cool. That is really cool. Oh Thank yes, you. I had this game. Okay, Z Tauter D Der something. In, in English, it's called Age of Reason. Yeah, Age of Reason. There we go. I was wondering. I was like, I've never heard of that game, and I've followed Mr. Wallace relatively closely. But, yeah, well, uh, it's not. Yeah. A, I mean, you can you can call it a reprint, I guess, but it's the first English printing of the of the right. game. So uh, so very happy about it. It's only 500 copies in German ever been printed. I have a copy of it too because I'm a I'm a Wallace. Kind of a Wallace fanatic, right? I got all of his stuff, um, so it's uh, kind of cool to to be bringing uh, one of my design heroes, uh, you know, out under under my line. Good. Well, that's great. So, awesome. It makes me. I happy. also have <laughs> just to give you a little more. I also have another uh, war game that's in the very, very, very early stages by an, by another designer you've heard of. I don't want to mention too much on that one because it literally is like, you know, it's, he, it's been pitched to me. I, I love it. I said, we just got to develop this game. It's 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 going to be very, very different. And it is really, it's a true uh, war game, a two-player war game. So that's that's down the road. That'll be uh, okay. you know, late, tw- late 2015 or 2016. Gotcha. What, what about uh, Away Missions? When's that coming up? Uh, away Missions has been... Um, Pushed out. That's that's an interesting uh, comment that you made that one because uh, you've you've actually play tested that, right? We uh we we sent you a copy for your um 
your perusal about a year ago, I would think it was, right? Yeah, and I never got my check, by the way. Just so oh, <laughs> I think you've gotten many, many of my games. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, but um, that that's one uh, game, the only game of this year that was delayed. I've I did a lot of games this year, as as you might know, as we will probably touch upon. Uh, I have ten. Ten new games, including expansions, coming out uh, between now and November. Ten. That's that's tremendous. So Away Missions is one of the games that has been has been pushed out on my website on my little release schedule. There, I've got it listed as TBD, TBD, TBD on the on timing for pre-orders and timing for the release. Um, so there'll be more information coming out about that. We're 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 deeply in um, in art. We're like basically things are ready, but I just didn't want to. Put out yet another game, and that is just a fantastic. You can you can tell tell people you were one of the people that said, Stephen, I like this game so much, you really should do it. I already liked it, but I wanted to get it out to a couple of people to see if they they just got it, and and you did. Jeff Gamble, he also had it like blind, and he loved it too. Um, several other uh, of groups had it, so that's just the game. I didn't want it to get lost in in quite a few other like you know big releases and and. And sort of other core releases that I did this year, you know, I mean, think about it. With Among the Stars, I did that and two expansions, right, all all at the same time, doing expansions for Space Cadets Dice Duel, expansion for the original Space Cadets, um, two huge Euros that have to stand independently of each other as well. So so many Kanban and Panamax, just to name them as well. Let's just keep dropping names here. Uh, all of these things together, I needed to, you know, just essentially make sure I had enough enough space between games and enough uh, buzz that I can circle around these games and around and now then around away missions when when I finally do announce when that'll come out. Fair okay. enough. Is that good enough? Yeah, that, that's fair. All right, no, all okay. Right. So so and I was the reason I mentioned that Joel is because that one actually is uh, fairly thematic. It's very it's a tactical um, scenario uh combat game where it's right. but it's a co-op so it's like you know the 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 aliens kind of move around and, and and kill you and and it's it's it, it was fun when i played it it's probably completely different now so what else? no it's 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 ostensibly the same game that you played uh we've just we've tweaked a few things we added many many missions to the game uh you yes it is a is a co-op game you're going you're you're exploring alien space stations ships planets um, and the aliens are coming at you and swarming you from all directions, and it's mission-based. So it makes a really great addition to uh, to the Space Cadets line, which it basically is always right. All the Space Cadets games are either um, are cooperative or team versus team, which is a form of cooperation, right? So you, you, that's the kind of thing that we've established in Space Cadets. This is a thematic prequel to that, um, and a and a generally a. You know, a, a a game that is that makes sense to add into this line, and I I think it's 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 going to be a fantastic game for those um, uh, th- those who've played it already said so, and I think it's going to be a great addition to this line of of, of games if you already like the uh, the original two. Awesome. Now now I'm going to ask I'm going to kind of switch gears here just a little bit, and you know I mean like I just I, what the heck was that? We're, we're shifting gears. Oh, grinding oh, okay. gears. All right. Um, you guys no, are too dry. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I'm not. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm my head's in a fog. I'm full of I'm full of ibuprofen and and Advil. Nice. So, yeah. No, wait, um, wait, where's your beer? 
I can't drink and take medication. You know that. Oh, well, yeah. You see what I have there? Can you read that? Oh, very nice. Yeah. That's so is that is that like a tavern you have in your your basement or something that's my, or what? That's my bar. <laughs> mm. Kudos on your uh on your 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 ice bucket challenge video by the way. Very enjoyable. Thank you for calling me out. Yeah. Appreciate no, it. no, no problem. Um so <laughs> you 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 have a, you must have a background in gaming. So uh, give us the abridged version of like what did you play when you were younger? And because you're like what 32, 33 years now. Yeah, old? that's about right. 32, yeah. 33 yeah. plus or minus 20 years. Right. Okay. Yeah. So so I mean, give us <laughs> thank give you us very your, much. Uh, I appreciate the uh, the the comments on that. Well, um, it's, it's it's the not married thing. You look younger. You know, you're not. I think <laughs> it's keeping me keeping me younger looking because. Uh, because I'm not married. Okay. Hang on. No, no. Give us the abridged version of of your gaming uh, gaming life. Yeah, I, I've I've gone through the entire cycle of gaming. Um, I, I've I've played uh, hardcore, basically every type of gaming. In back in the day, uh, I mean, with the family, we did the standard family stuff, Monopoly, uh, all of the all of the Milton Bradley and the Parker Brothers stuff. I had like every one of those games. Um, a lot of the game show games. I mean, yeah, we 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 were. A, I would say we were either a gaming family, or at least I had three brothers, so we gamed together. So all of that kind of stuff when growing up. Um, as you know, as time went on, um, I, I I got into the early computer gaming. I, I was gaming on on the on the Apple twos. I was gaming on uh, on the early IBM PCs. So I got into that for a bit. Um, uh, during the uh, during the 90s, uh, Magic hit the scene, and I was a Magic player. I got heavily into. Ooh. Hey, no man, come oh, on, man. Magic, magic is excellent. You don't There's like Magic? Yeah. <laughs> are you are you are you anti-Magic? Well, it's just I don't know. It's I don't know. I, I they they I I I appreciate it because it keeps my local game store uh, afloat. And, and, uh, but Magic is a Magic's a brilliant game, and and it's it's one of those things that like yeah, if you want to play it competitively, it's a lifestyle. I mean, you're going to spend ridiculous money, and but who cares? I, I you know what? Well, you know what? We're going to get to the the final point of my travel. Let me get to the final point of my journey. So I was into Magic. I was into Vitesse. Um, it was called Jihad at first, Vampire: The Eternal Struggle. Very a very cool multiplayer CCG. I was into that uh, for quite a bit for a long time. Um, did some um, uh, uh, MM, MMOs. Um, um, what do you, um, what are they? What are they? Is that what they called? Uh, Massively multiplayer online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. RPGs. yeah. Like I did. Um, I did. I did City of Heroes. Uh, right at the time that World of Warcraft came out, another game came out called City of Heroes. Uh, yeah. Did did that uh, for a while. I was you know so that's basically a. Uh, Superhero version of that game, so enjoy I, that. I um, found the character creation of that the best part. <laughs> that was awesome, anyway. right? The character yeah. creation and, and, and the effects that you can actually do, you know, were really, really, really. So you're, yeah, you know about that one. Um, city of Villains was better. City so of Villains, when, right? Sure. When you, got, when you got to be the city, we'd be the bad guys. The mastermind always, class was amazing. So always anyway, fun to be the always fun to be the bad guys, um, and then then I got my life back when I ended that because that, that's like a, a huge time sink. You lose your life, and I basically started just you know getting back and playing you know board games again, and realized that really what I was looking for out of gaming was just that social 
aspect. Being together, being together with friends around the table, having a beer, talking, trash talking, and enjoying each other's company. So, you know, the winning and losing to me in a game is, is so, you know, the lo- I don't care. I don't care if I win or lose games. I care about playing and enjoying the situation. So board gaming became, to me, what you know, what, what I was looking for in gaming, the social interaction of, of coming together and spending time with friends. And there I am, and I'm, you know, and I parlayed my love of board games um, into using my background, business background, into publishing them. As simple as that. I figured that I could I could bring my expertise uh, from some my professional life uh, into a into a hobby. And what was the trigger there, Stephen? Like, uh, you know. Where were you? You know what? What? What kind of place were you in? He said, "You know what? I'm going to make the jump." You know, and well, making the jump is an interesting thing. Um, I've worked on uh, I've worked on Wall Street my entire life in IT. I'm a, I'm an IT guy on Wall Street, so there's a certain amount of certain amount of money you can make doing that. You know, IT is a good lifestyle usually. Being on Wall Street's very good, um, so I, I did that. I and I and I continue to do that. Stronghold Games is a second career for me, a parallel career for me. It is not the only thing that I do. I still do that. Um, so I didn't I didn't make the jump completely, but I'm doing both. Um, I thought that doing. Um, Getting into this and essentially building a Stronghold Games to to a to a level whereby at some point I can say you know what I can leave I can retire quote unquote from the you know from the nine to five which is never nine to five types of job you know working for the man and I can then become you know my own boss permanently so I do both I got two full time jobs I guess you can say right now um, and I. You know, while it's very hectic doing that, um, it is it is a very rewarding thing in the end, right? I mean, I, I don't mean necessarily financially rewarding. It's it's great to have the income from the real job, and also do this, which just basically takes money and then funnels it back into the company. That's why you keep the real job, so you can keep yeah. paying the bills. But I take the money, we funnel it back in, we kind of build and build and build this build this thing that we want to, you know, we want to love forever, uh, and then at some point, hopefully, we do the retirement from the real world. And then we become, uh, you know, we become the Stronghold Games empire that I hope uh, I am building. <laughs> Sounds good. So, um, Lance, you got another question, or else I'm going to jump in here. Lance is boring. Yeah, yeah, Joel, you got to go. Lance is muted. No, no, I was coughing <laughs> hardcore. Oh. I, I've got, I've got, uh, I've just got my, my, my daughter got sick. She went back to school, second grade, and, and she got oh. sick. Like, you know, brings home all those germs and. Fantastic. Uh, That's yeah, tough, you right? know how it is. Uh huh. Hmm. I do have another question uh, for Stephen. However, so, uh, Gen Con, obviously, um, as all like like two years ago when I saw you, you were like running like a a, a, a Mad Hatter, uh, taking care of it. Um, and then you were there again, and also, um, once again, I mean, you guys sold out of Panamax, and how quickly? 
Panamax uh, air shipped in 120 copies, and every one of them was sold out in two hours. Yeah, so I mean, and that was like, so you should air ship more in. Then. Yeah, but if you air, but but if you airship 240 copies, the next logical number, right? Two pallets. You, I airshipped one full pallet, and you do two of them, and you only sell 121 copies. That's an expensive mistake. Yes, I, you know, and 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 that's one of those things that everyone, you know, who goes to a Gen Con or an Essen and 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 the publishers sell out, and then and they get a little outraged by that. Why didn't you bring more? Because we can't. It's impossible to estimate the exact demand. I would love to. My, I would have, if I would have known that demand, I probably would have done three pallets, you know, because probably I would have sold most of that. But you just, you just can't make, you just can't make those, you know, those, those estimations. You have to take a guess, and it's got to be toward the lowish side of what you, you know, you can theoretically do. What if I only sold fifty of them? And it would have been a very expensive thing to have sent uh, that pallet of games on its first class seat times two to Gen Con. Well, what about what about like if you like next year? I'm not telling you what to do. Obviously, you're a genius when it comes to running your company. But of course, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, what about like you know? I mean, I always think that um, as a publisher, like you could say, okay, well, you know, I can bring in up to 240. Um, I'll take. Pre-orders, and if I can sell, you know, 240 at cost to buy them at Gen Con, then I mean, you, you mean you could you could hedge your bets, if you will, you know. I mean, you're the pre-order guy. I mean, obviously, other companies are following suit. They're not going the Kickstarter route. It's just like it's it's starting. People are realizing why, you know, give a percentage to Kickstarter. Why give a percentage to Amazon if you're an established company? You can you can pocket all the money instead of giving it away. Um, you know, so I mean, I don't know. It's just something I think. That- no, it's it's a it's not a bad idea. It's not it's 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 a thought that's obviously crossed my head. I mean, you could you could do um, pre-orders on these things. It, doing doing um doing any kind of um, pickup at convention is a very and people do it all the time. Don't get me wrong, but when you don't exactly know what's going to be able to be there, so I, I didn't did I you know that was Panamax. Let's take that as a that's a very good example. I mean, that game got printed and assembled and packaged a day before it got on the plane to get to the U.S., to get to Indianapolis, to get to Gen Con. So, you know, timing these things is is not as easy as you would think. So... One guy, one guy once said, and it was I think it was last year when when people were like screaming at, at Fantasy Flight for not bringing enough games in, you know, and, and it, he was like he was so irate that um that he he couldn't get something whatever whatever it was, and people were trying to explain to him like you know believe me publishers want to sell you games at full price they really do, you know that's it's a really good way of of, of selling games right I'm gonna if I if I have a sixty dollar game and I can sell it at sixty dollars because it's brand new. That's great. I don't get that, of course, when I sell it into distribution. Um, but it's not a mad matter of putting the variables, putting the tasks into MS Project, and saying, "Oh, hey, look at that! I can I, I can do it by this date, and I'm going to get it there." There are so many variables of getting it to a convention, not and and then and then to then you know what if I what if I took all that money and then I couldn't get it there? Yeah. Oh my God! Then I got to no. like. Refund money, and then people will be more irate. So, 
yes, we can always do better at it. We can always try harder. We can always plan more, and we can always take, you know, pick up at Essen and pick up at Gen Con type things. But I try to do it such that I'm sure you can get a game if you showed up there in the morning, you know, of you know the first day. Hmm. I'll try to do it better next time, but. Uh, it was pretty good. It's the kind of good thing at some, at some level. It's a good thing to say, hey, I've sold out. This was a very popular. The reviews, so the, those who have the game have loved it so far. And uh, it's kind of good for building a lot of nice, nice buzz going forward. I would have wished I could have sold three times as many. But, you know, they're going to be there. They're going to be there in distribution pretty soon. Well, the whole uh, leave them wanting more uh, thing is what you're trying to say. Doesn't hurt. Well, Okay. Well, I'm going to I'm going to just ask Joel's question for him because I know what it's going to be. Um, why aren't you publishing Joel's game? He's really upset with you. Well, Joel's never <laughs> pitched me a game before, so you know, Joel pitches me a game. I'll absolutely look at it. That's not my Thank question. Oh, he was talking about it all day today in, in text <laughs> message. He called me twice. What kind of game is it, Joel? No, 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 nothing, man. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk about it. No, no. no. no uh, so I, I was curious about a couple of things. So Panamax is a pretty hardcore Euro, you know, and um, you know, so is Kanban and stuff like that. So it's interesting to me. Uh, you know, did you think that maybe I'll sell more Panamax at you know Essen because it's more of a Euro focused thing, or do you see? You know, the, some of the shift to that, you know, just from your perspective, how receptive are Gen Con attendees to buying Euros? Obviously, they bought 120 or 125 uh, Panamax and all that good stuff. And, you know, there were some other Euros there as well. But is that part of that is sort of like, well, we can get a couple here. But, you know, if you could have more ready, would you have brought more over? Or were you just more targeting that as, as a bigger asset release because of the style of game? No, I, I absolutely had nothing to do with the uh, with the style of game. Nothing whatsoever to do. Um, the 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 number simply is the number is one pallet. That's what fit on a pallet. That's what I airshipped over. I figured that would be a number that I should be able to sell over the course of the entire convention. Uh, mm-hmm. I was under I underestimated that obviously. Um, I don't believe. Well, I I don't believe that Gen Con is nearly as American style, I like to say. Tom now says Amerithrash. I don't know if you've heard that new term he's been using. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Um, yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't. I, don't I, I, I personally don't like the don't like the term Amerithrash either. I like because it sounds negative. So I, I always say American style. I don't necessarily believe that Gen Con is American style game focused necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think if you've got a big release that's great and it's got good buzz, you're gonna sell it. A la Panamax, so that sold fantastically, um, and it was it was a fine place to get a bunch of games there to get them out um, because I was able to do so. Um, obviously, in Europe, it'll even it'll even sell more on average. But there's a lot of factors in that. Uh, the fact that um, for me. This is this opens up a, a sort of a, a bigger topic. When Stronghold Games is in is at Essen, in in Essen at the Spiel, right? Call it by its exact names. When we're there, um, the Europeans flock to us 
not just us, Z-Man, um, lots, lot, all of the American publishers, because they can't get the games as easily as they can when we're there. When we're there, they're going to get the games first. They're going to get the games um, um, meaning first out of the gate. They're going to get them at a, at a cheaper price because you know once they're back in the U.S. and they got to come over, somebody's going to add add some money onto it. So um, the game, our, so Panamax is going to sell more by definition over there from that. It's gotcha. going to sell a little bit more also because it's 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 a Euro game versus an American style game. Um, but overall, I don't I don't feel that Gen Con necessarily is a uh, you know only for American style games. Right. Yeah, I don't think it's only either. I just was you know curious about the you know divide there and you know, if, if there even was one or not. But uh, no, um, I mean, I, and I think I think from what you saw too, you. Adjust my screen here. What you saw too? I mean, there was it was a, just a, a real general rush of uh, of people buying all kinds of games at Gen Con. I mean, if you take a look at, um, I mean, what what did I what did I sell there? And if you go through like the list of other people too, um, um, among the stars, uh, a, a, a release from Europe that I brought in, we sold out of that in one hour. Wow. That was even faster than Panamax. I had less. I had I had less of them. I had almost half as many, so we sold it almost at the same rate. Um, Diamonds, right? A small trick-taking card game by Mike Fitzgerald, right? That that sold out in three hours. Um, people were just eating that up, and then the buzz actually kind of accelerated on that as people were playing it. They were playing in the booth and saying, "Oh my God, how many you have left? I got to get one of these now before this thing sells out." That kind of thing. Good. So there was so many. There was so many. We had so many games, uh, and, and and Die Fighter was my other one. Basically, it's Dice Duel Die Fighter is my other release, and that and that also. So that took that's an expansion. So it took a little extra time to sell. It took took the full first two days to sell out. So and and everybody has almost every one of the publishers has that same story at Gen Con. We we there were so many games that had great buzz. Hey. Look who just came by, and who did I just mention just now? Diamonds. Look who's back behind. Oh, there he is. Hey, Mr. Mike, hold on. I'm gonna pull out. Say something, guys. Can you? Can you? Hello, guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah. it's coming through the speakers now. Okay. Mike Fitzgerald. Mike Fitzgerald happens to be at my house right now. Awesome. And, I, and this is this podcast that I'm on with you right now. I am not playing games with Mike, who's in my basement right now, drinking probably all my beer down there with all my friends, and I oh came here to hang cool. out with you. <laughs> it's so well, fun. I just started telling the story about diamonds and how well it was selling. So, so Mike, why don't you sit down for two minutes and talk about diamonds? How's that? That was the yes, surprise please. guest that I kind of mentioned to um, to Joel. So, no, I'm that's awesome. Have sit down. Yeah, I'll, just, I'll just hold this here in front of you. you okay. Can hear it. There you go. I'll stand behind you. Well, both of you guys, pleasure to talk with you guys. I love all your work and all your reviews. Well, likewise. Both. Yeah, both. no, great game. Uh, what was the inspiration for uh, Diamonds? Just You were just goofing around playing trick-taking games, or just how did you come up with it? Well, you know, I did other uh, Rummy games for so many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I have been going to different kinds of games. I made one based on Casino, an old Italian card game. On, and then, okay, and then when uh, North Star published Clubs... I, you know, we were, you know, talking about it, Stephen and I, and so you have spades, hearts, and clubs, and I said to myself, why didn't somebody make diamonds? So I started fooling around with it at that moment when that game came out, clubs, 
And I decided I always wanted to try trick-taking, but I didn't want to change the basic rules of trick-taking. I wanted to find some way to keep that elegance of just playing a card and following suit and, you know, playing any card when you can't. And I didn't want to deal with Trump. I wanted to make it very accessible. And uh, it took me quite a while because I had different actions for those suits for a long time, and I had different actions for the discarding and the winning and so it was a little more complex than I wanted. And then when I discovered a finally way to balance it by adding that extra series of actions at the end of a hand when you count up your cards, that allowed me to keep the actions exactly the same throughout the whole game. So when that started to gel, I thought, gee, I think we got something here. And the testing went really well, and Stephen was great to, uh, you know, be excited about it and jump on board. So, But that's where it came from. I wanted to do something simple very accessible, but hopefully would be interesting enough, you know, for people to play. No, I, I, uh, I, it's one of those games that, um, you know, I could teach it to somebody in five minutes because everybody's played, you know, hearts or, or spades, you know, growing up. And, uh, it's, yeah, it bridges the gap, uh, so wonderfully between, um, you know, it's, it's got just enough hint of like modern designer board game to it that, uh, uh, I can I, I I can play that and I can not be bored silly uh, sitting at the table with my parents. So so well, thank, thank you, you for making the game. Yeah. It's awesome. Thank you so much, Joel. Your your review was wonderful. I was so excited to hear that you liked it that much because I know you do get into a lot of pretty heavy games. And my concern at first was was the game too light, you know, to get any gamers kind of interested. But it seems to uh, not be the case. It seems they do like it. Okay. Yeah. No. That's a that's a bad rap that I get sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, we uh, we quite enjoy it. The family uh, definitely enjoys it. You know, Hearts and Spades is kind of a tradition going back a few generations with the family. So, um, yeah, we really liked it. I you know I don't know if I said this in the review or not, but I kind of have soured on like the trick taking side of it and more of the ladder climbing stuff is what I've been interested in lately. But uh, this one, you know, kind of I guess sort of revitalized uh, you know trick taking because I always felt playing the game that. You know, you're not just, you're not necessarily always just trying to win every hand. You're trying to, you know, manipulate and sort of set yourself up to, you know, steal a bunch of diamonds from somebody else or bury all the diamonds you stole on the last, uh, you know, the last round and all that stuff. So I would encourage you to try the partnership. Um, mm-hmm. you find like, you know, four player partners with perfect diamonds or even six player with three teams is pretty wild game. I mean, it's a pretty interesting game. Uh, it brings out a lot of, of different strategies you don't have in the free for all approach. Cool. Yeah, well, we we really we really enjoy it quite a bit. So it's uh, I don't know if you can see it up there. It's on the shelf. Uh, oh, I made it to the shelf. That's great. <laughs> Everything's reversed here. Let me um, let me also. Did, did we play a three three partnership game? Did we do that once? You and yes. me. We play a six player game. Six player three with partners. three partnerships. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty wild. It's pretty crazy because you pass to your partner and you get you get all these kind of crazy things going because you have one vault and one showroom. So yeah. you're just setting it up. One guy is playing, you know, is leading the heart because he knows the other guy is, is out of it and is going to play the spade. So you get the thing in front right. and then the other guy puts it in back. <laughs> it's uh, right. it's kind of fun. Yeah. Great, great. Well, yeah, I just got to say, I'm also looking forward to your, uh, sorry, Stephen, his uh, baseball highlights game coming out, too. So. Oh, please, I, plug baseball. It's I awesome. Saw, I, yeah. I, I saw you on the Kickstarter list, Joel. I was very, very pleased. Yes, I think you'll yeah. like that game a lot. I mean, I showed it to Stephen first. I guess it's okay. To no, you say can that, say right? that. Absolutely. I showed it to Stephen before anybody else. What was my what was my comment about Steve, that game? Stephen loved the game. He loved the game. Wanted to keep playing and playing it. But and? just... Um, 
what did I say after that? I love the game. I want this game, but but ah, it's baseball. Baseball, it's two player, basically. There's enough of a market there. Right, exactly. And That's so all. for what Steven does, it might not have been his his line. And I knew I'd have all some right. difficulty with it. Also, the game is completely wacky. I don't know if you've seen the the video or you know much about the play, but it, I was very concerned that it was just too wacky out there. But because you got uh, the you know you got the fields. Uh, but, you know, both players have men on base at the same time, and everything's happening once. But players, for the most part, if they like baseball, they like that kind of a two-player card game, seem to get into it. And I've had crazy response. Like, you know, Tom Lehman thinks it's one of the best mechanics he's ever seen, and he's going to make some games like it. He wrote a beautiful piece on it for the Geek. So oh, I've been just – it's one of these things where it works out better than the thought. And the same with Diamonds. I mean, I'm very pleased with the response it's getting. It's more than I – you know, than I could have hoped for. So, it's, it's really. As a, as a guy who's, I'm a huge Stratomatic baseball uh, fan. I played it for years. Oh, so I, I played Appa and Stratomatic. I played them all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get, I get each season. I get the cards, and uh, yep. and I have a couple yep. buddies, and we play. And so I'm looking forward to the baseball game too. The game. Well, it's very different. It's not a simulation. Oh, I know, I know. I, I I've seen it, and it looks crazy, but it but looks you'll like a- feel like you're playing baseball. That's what I I say to people, and most people find that you will definitely feel like you're playing baseball. Fantastic. That's awesome. So 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 who else is in your basement there, Stephen? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well. We can't. Well, I can't keep Mike here too long. So first of all, so you gotta, you know, you gotta give any any of the questions to Mike. The only other people in the basement are people who are not in the industry, right? I don't think anybody else. Right is now, important that's true. To, I mean, there are people that play test with us. Engelstein, and this thing comes once in a while. Yeah, I mean, he so comes every other Parks. time. He's not. He's not here. Andy Andrew Parks, Parks comes, comes a lot. It's a it's a great group. A great group. Of Thank guys you. Here. But uh, yeah, that's, so right now, uh, my buddy Chad, who you've seen at conventions with me, he's here. He he runs the. He runs my basement when I'm not around. <laughs> what are you guys playing down there? Well, I'm playing uh, Camara right now. My good friend of a okay. lot. I mean, uh, my my very close friend Ralph Anderson has been a friend of mine since the '70s, and we were in the same game group. He helped me with every one of my game designs over the years. He's now uh, you know vice president of the Griffin Eagle, so he's worked on the baseball game. But he did this game, uh, Camara, the three-player uh, tissue. So right now, I'm taking a couple people to school. <laughs> with that game. <laughs> Very nice. Fantastic. Good deal. Why don't I live closer to them? I want to, I want to be I in the Bonacore's basement. Uh, New York or New Jersey, wherever you guys are at. Yeah, wherever you are. You've got an extra room, don't you, Stephen? Sure. I have, I have plenty of room here for you. Come on down. Okay. Bring the whole awesome. family. This you got it. This this home is what we call the stronghold. We, that, that's, that's actually one of the, the, uh, the fun facts of Stronghold Games. The house was named before the company. I call the house the Stronghold. It's got a stone front. And, uh, I don't know, it's, it sounds a cool name, so I called it the Stronghold, and therefore that's how Stronghold Games, the name, came up. Eh, whatever works. Jeez, a little full of yourself. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, while we still got Mike on here, do you have any other games coming out? Or designing, or, you know, any inklings? <laughs> I do have a lot of designs. I have five designs in the works. Uh, now that I'm full-time at this, I'm sort of going crazy with this because I left my my actual job of 44 years in radio. So for the last year and a half, I'm doing this full-time. In fact, the Diamonds is the first game that I came up, you know, that I really did as a full-time game designer. So, you know, it's kind of exciting to see 
maybe the extra attention or, or being awake more when I'm designing actually helps. You know? <laughs> uh, but uh, this year is still to come is all the Mystery Rummy reprints and the Mystery Rummy 5, Escape from Alcatraz. Wyatt Earp is being reprinted. Um, okay. And I have several others I can't announce yet simply because they're not, they're not licensed yet. But, but there's some, you know, some things I'm, I'm going to try my hand at and see what happens. Good. Fantastic. Yeah. All the, all the good luck, man. I mean, just keep okay, coming up with that stuff. But you should have retired you know, like 20 years ago. Uh, you guys are such an important part of this hobby, and I just want to thank you again for the great job you do. You put so much time and effort into it, and you really do a super job. Well, hey. well thanks. I appreciate that, Mike. Appreciate yeah, that's it. awesome. Thanks. So I'm going to give you back to Stephen right. and go back and beat up my friends Aww. at uh, Camara. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> thanks for coming up, Mike. Appreciate it. How about that? Put Mike back on. Yeah, you don't want to. <laughs> 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 That's funny. No, oh, that was um, a nice treat. Thanks, Steven. I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. I, when when you guys said, you know, you guys can still hear me, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. When when you guys said Tuesday night, this is a um, a biweekly Tuesday night boys game night thing that I do here. Um, so this was this happened to be that night. And I said, uh, you know what? I gotta get these things done. I said, you know what? Too bad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow those guys off. They're gonna, they'll hang out in my basement, which they do anyway when I'm not around. So they just, they're hanging out downstairs. And what do they have, like, keys to the house or something? Or how do they get in? Well, I'm, I'm in the house, so I can let them in. Well, no, you said when I, I'm not around, they, they come more to my basement. That's what you but, just said. Yes, I, yes, but well, sometimes I have to work or something. They still are allowed in here to hang out. But, but actually, the funny thing is, like, I, I actually have one of the guys, Chad, who I mentioned. He um, uh, actually does have keys to the house, and he's he has, and probably will when I'm in Essen. If that's a one of this, if that if that's if it falls on that week, he probably will open up the house and he'll have the guys over, and he'll, you know, that's. I let them do that. Why not? You know, because I'm a good guy. They drink it doesn't sound drink. like much of a stronghold. I'm just saying, you, know, <laughs> you got random dudes with, with keys to the house. So I'm, I'm a good guy. I, I, I say I'm a social guy. I like my friends. And I trust certain people to hang out here when I'm not around. Okay, well, send me, send me some keys and, and an address I, then. If you live close enough, you'd get a set of keys. Absolutely. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like our hangout went down for a second, but it's caught back up. We didn't lose anything, but some folks are complaining. So, oh, what happened? I just got a, a text message me. saying that it stopped broadcasting. Oh, then never mind. It's back. So we're okay. Yeah, there we go. Well, did anybody ever post any questions or anything there, big guy? Yeah, actually, uh, we got a few questions here. I'll try to get to them. Uh, let's see how much longer we got. Few more minutes here for Mr. Bonacore. We're gonna. Uh, we can go over now that now that Mike. I know Mike's having a good time down there. I can hang out as long as you need me. Well, okay. okay. Not as long, but a little longer. Right. Two a.m. That was <laughs> that was that went pretty well, huh? So you, I didn't tell you guys that that he was around. And no, I, you didn't. That was a I, complete surprise. I texted him a couple of times. He didn't look at his phone. I'm like, Mike, come on up, come on up, come on up. He didn't come up until just now. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, we got one question here. Uh, I'll just read the whole thing verbatim. Question from Mr. Bonacore. Do you think there is a relative lack of highly rated Wild West-themed games on BGG? Revolver is a conflict-oriented game, and the theme seems to be more attuned to the Ameritrash crowd 
does this influence the popular recording in BGG as the Eurogamers are more versed to theme or the need for combat? I really like Revolver. I think that's kind of, uh, I don't know what you call it, under the radar type game. It's, um, I think it's done pretty well, but. Revolver? Yeah. No, um, well, that, that was a, like a multi-part question there. I mean, um, yeah. I think I think um, in general, Wild West is is a fairly underdone theme. Uh, was one of the reasons what it, that attracted me to the Revolver series of games. It's it's done okay for me. It's not it, it, being a two-player game. And Mike alluded to that with his baseball game. Two-player games are just generally a harder sell unless they're true war games. But and even then, they're still harder harder sells. So. Um, in in general, the 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 Wild West theme is underplayed, underdone. Uh, I I was attracted to Revolver and I brought it out, and we've done many expansions for that. And we've it's it's done okay, but not tremendous. And we've even we've even even gone more with with a second game in that series, Revolver Two. Um, Mike Fitzgerald, for one, has got Wyatt Earp, but that's more of it's not truly Wild West, but it's a, it has that little bit. A little bit of Wild West involved. Um, I think it's something that can absolutely be done more because um, I think there's so much interesting stuff that is out there. I mean, if you look at the thematics that are in, let's let's, let's use Revolver since it was brought up. Um, look at the thematics that are in Revolver. Um, the uh, Mark Chapman who, who created that game, he he, there's two pages in the rule book that are simply going through character bios. There's no reason to have that there. It's simply to show you that there's so much richness that you can actually put into uh, into a game, in this case, into my Wild West game. So um, I, I don't think that there's a, it's a problem of the theme itself. I think that people just need to, you know, more games need to be designed and, and utilize it well. I don't think that it's a matter of the, the, the poster said something about Euro games. Uh, people don't like theme or don't don't aren't as drawn to theme. I think that is that is not the case. Yeah. That's one of those things where people have, have have talked about, you know, Euros don't have have a lot of theme. Some of them don't. But a lot of them do. If right. you look at if you look at the we've we've mentioned Panamax a hundred times here, the the marriage of mechanics and themes in Panamax are fantastic. When when Kanban comes out, Kanban Automotive Revolution, I think they're they're gonna really even even as much, if not more, see a marriage of an amazing Theme automotive, uh, cre- you know, automotive manufacturing, and the theme of actually doing that, bringing the cars down the assembly line, upgrading parts, um, going out and uh, and getting projects. This entire marriage of 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 a of an automotive assembly line in a very heavy Euro, Kanban is even a step up from Panamax in the in the heaviness category of Euros. Um, so don't don't underestimate. Um, the the Europeans or even the American Euro Euro style player don't right. underestimate their love of of a, of a good theme as long as it makes sense within a game itself. Sounds good to me. You, know, you mentioned you mentioned the Wild West theme, and and that's something I think Joel and I have mentioned quite a few times. How they're just aren't any games really. I mean, there's that one, there's that weird train game that's coming from Asmodee that looks like overproduced. Uh, craziness. You know what I'm, which one I'm talking about? Colt, Colt Express, yep. Yeah, Colt Express, and then um, which one is that? I'm sorry. Uh, well, it's 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 a game that like uh, the board is actually a train 
that you will move your meeples uh, on either under inside the train or on top of the train because you're trying to rob the train like an old west movie. It's so three dimensional, yeah. You say yeah. you know you can. It's three D physical space, and you're moving guys around robbing the train. It's called Colt Express. It looks pretty yeah. interesting. I mean, it's it's audacious at least. Um, and uh, what was and then well well Mr B Games did Spurs and that got a pretty good response from what I understand. So. Um, I don't know. I haven't played it yet. Have you? No, I, no, I, I haven't played, played it. No, and then but um, but I mean, you have to go back to what was the old Avalon Hill game? There was like the the. There's oh, been a few like Way Out West and Way Carson Out West, City and you know, go well, Gunslinger. Gunslinger, by that's the one where our friend Richard oh. Hamblin. Uh, that was the big Avalon Hill one. Well, well, maybe, West was maybe, Wallace. maybe you could reprint that one. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> so we got a couple more questions here. Um, let's see. Uh, where's the next one? This one I'm not sure. I think he's talking about survive. Will we ever see any more goodies for Atlantis, or is that game yeah. done now? I assume he's talking about survive. Yeah. Um. I guess I'm giving you another scoop. Yes. Good question. Ah, <laughs> we'll rest that. I I um I issued a press release this year, early this year, and I pro- proclaimed 2014 the year of space cadets. That's right. Um, you guys remember? I don't know if you remember that or if anybody did. Because I did because I did two expansions for each one of the um, the base games I had out, and and I also announced um, space cadets away missions, which obviously is going to be del- a little bit delayed. But this was a big year to push a lot of space cadets out. Next year, 2015, first time you're hearing this, I'm going to be doing the year of survive. There's going to be a lot of survive stuff coming next year. That's all I'm going to say now. But survive is not, is absolutely one of my core lines and it will absolutely be expanded in many ways going forward. Hmm. Okay. Oh, I have a question. See, that's a good, that's question. interesting to me. Hold on, I got because oh, follow like, up. I'm like, what what else can you add to it? So now my now my my mind's wondering what is there that you could possibly add to that game? But what you could know, you add to it? I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I'll All let right. you think about it. All right. Oh, jeez. All right. I have a question. I I have a I have a question. Um. So. You now have your uh, amazing uh, deal uh, with Artipia, uh, which uh, Constantinos, that guy's awesome. Uh, I was and, expecting uh, this. I know the question already. I was expecting this question. What? 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 No, 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 no. I what? so know exactly what's coming out of your no, mouth. I, you do not know what's coming out. So Somebody asked it in the I chat, know. Hey, hey, just, 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 just wait, wait. Since you're, <laughs> you're having such a wonderful uh, 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 partnership... Uh, with Artipia Games, and you're, you, like you said, you, you sold out Among the Stars, a really good game. Um, I'm hoping you'll do the expansions and what have you. Um, I'm wondering, in the future, uh, when it comes time to uh, bring games over from Europe, um, do you see yourself uh, bringing over games from other publishers as well? <laughs> that was a, that was a huge cop out there. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, are you bringing over, are you bringing over the stripper game? <laughs> there you go. Um, is is lap dance 
uh, in my future. Is that what you're saying? Am I, 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 are you going to give me a lap dance? Is that what you're saying to me? <laughs> no, no. Okay. Well, see, here's the deal. And, and allow oh me just. Oh my god. You know, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure your answer is going to be no. I, 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 you know, I think I even heard that. Uh, but, um, you know, but you know, you know, it's going to sell. You know, there's no such thing as bad publicity, honestly. And and uh, and and they're gonna they're gonna have a really successful uh, Kickstarter, and they're gonna make money off of it. So, I mean, I understand if it's something you wouldn't want to uh, produce, just because you wouldn't want to have your name tied to it. But I don't know. That's just that's just my no, opinion. No, okay. So this is the this is the official statement from Stronghold Games. Um, I um, I I abhor censorship on every level. I think it's, I mean, you know, we are, we are as free a people as you can have on the planet, and we should be able to speak our minds. And there is no reason that a game called Lap Dance, or anything else that's legal, you know, should not be allowed. Certainly that's a, an underdone theme. It would be the first time that's ever been done, you know, a game about stripping. So there's no, I have no problem, and, and, and I am not a person that's offended by Anything. I mean, anybody who knows me, I'm not offended by anything to begin with. Um, so there's no reason in the world that that game should not be printed. Assuming it's a good game, if it's, even if it's a bad game, there's plenty of bad games that are printed too. But I'm, I'm assuming it's a really good game. I've never seen it. I, by the way, I knew about this game well before it was announced. I did know about this. However, it's probably not in my best interest to put that game under my label, right, under my brand. Because there are people who get offended too easily. Simple as that. There are people that get offended by things too easily. And once a game has, once once a company puts something under their brand that offends someone, it is a ripple effect. And therefore, my family games might have a problem. So it it it's not. It's probably not in my best interest to do that game. Now, is there a way that I can bring the games over and not offend people? I mean, I don't know. But, I mean, in, in, a, in a general sense, it's probably not um, something that you're going to be seeing uh, coming out with a big Stronghold Games logo on it um, in 2015. And, you know, that's that's a shame in a lot of ways. Again, assuming it's a good game, because I haven't committed to doing any... Other, I've announced three titles for my Tibia. And those are the three games that I have committed to doing, right? Among the Stars, Among the Stars, The Ambassadors, and Among the Stars, Expanding the Alliance. Those three games are coming out very soon. One is out, and two are coming out very soon. I have not announced any other game, and I have not even committed to any other game, though Constantinos and I have spoken at length about other games, and there is obviously a very strong possibility that when he reprints some of his older titles that I'm involved in printing them for the U.S. and the rest of the world. Because, again, I, I do distribute out in Asia and in, uh, in Australia, so I can actually get games out pretty pretty darn far. So um, this game, though, is going to cause, while it would sell, it could cause ripple effects to the rest of the brand. And, you know, yeah, I call, call that caving if you'd like. But call that you I know will. just I'll call smart. It All right, you can call it game. But call it at the same time. I got I, I can't be I can't be dumb and I can't just simply you know pick it up 
because. So I have to be smart about it, you know. Um, I have zero problem with that game from a thematic standpoint because there's nothing illegal or bad about what it is. You can go to a strip club legally, and that is your choice. So that's my official statement as a American in free speech, and I don't believe in censorship. Well, right, so let me ask a follow-up question then. Um, is it legal to uh, uh, throw somebody off of a lifeboat to have them get eaten by sharks? <laughs> <laughs> Well, hence you'd be the first person I toss off. Cause oh! a lot of, a lot of, lot of meat on them bones. <laughs> oh, so, come on! Oh, you're look at that. Than, you're a more tasty morsel than Joel, man. Come on. The Sasquatch? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, no, have you ever? Have you considered uh, like any other uh, um, companies like in, over in in uh, in Europe, like to bringing their games over? I mean, are you talking to anybody? I mean, you don't have to name names, obviously. No, but, well, I mean, are you? Well, you're obviously not up on things because I've already done uh, games with. Um, well, I know that like White Goblin. Let me embarrass him now. No, no, I've done white games with a goblin, as you know. I've done games uh, with uh, with Egger Spieler. Right, uh, Peter Eggert, Eggerspieler, yeah. and I've done games with uh, Geochix or Geochix in front of the Italian firm. Um, those are the three companies in Europe that I've already brought games over from, and I've and I've spoken to many others. And and is extru- oh, I have announced already. It's on the website, so this is not a new announcement. I'm we're doing co-publication with um, with Pegasus. Um, this is the in the opposite direction. I, I actually they published my crude the oil game, which they they called McMulty in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm yep, going to be yep. bringing over Pictomania, which is a uh, a game by Vlada Shlavel, Vlada Shvatel. I mean, that's that's how you pronounce it, right? Who's got more no games in the, more games in the top 100 than anybody else, right? Through the ages, Galaxy Trucker. Dungeon Lords, Dungeon Pets, right? It's all all of Lada's games from from CGE. They they picked up um, his party game, and I'm going to be doing that one as well in, in 2015 as well. So there's going to be many more um, co-publications that Stronghold Games does with European publishers, uh, and from different ones as well going forward. It's also one of the most important reasons I go to Essen. I mean, yes, it's, it's very profitable to just be there and be selling my games, but it's also very, very good to be there in front of the European publishers, taking meetings with them, getting to know them, and picking up their new games. Hmm. So, uh, so you're going to Essen, and you're going to BGGCon. Definitely. And, um, geez, what, any other conventions coming up that you're going to be That's, attending? Those are that that closes the convention season. Um, there's there's some local stuff as well between now and the end of the year. There's actually one right between those two um, called Metatopia. It's a designer and publisher convention where basically I bring the stuff back from Essen and we we test a lot of stuff there with uh, um, with with gamers that show up and with other 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 designers that we get together. We we test lots of games. Um, but that ends the convention season. BGG Con is basically the end of the very long convention season that goes from Origins all the way through November, that convention. And then I just, then I go to Cabo. And you remember <laughs> that one, right? You remember when I was in Cabo last year? 
You were I like, vaguely post- remember this. You, no, you vaguely remember. You guys are like, I think, I think Lance said uh, Bonacore's <laughs> spending all his survive money. That was the exact yes. quote he used. <laughs> yes. yes. He's cashing checks. It's my only vacation of the year. My only true convent, uh, vacation of the year. I, I spend a week in, uh, in, in, uh, in Cabo San Lucas. If you guys want to come down, you can hang out with me. You buy a ticket? <laughs> you, you you can buy your own ticket, but I have a place there. I I, I have a place that. Oh, I you have a place in no. Cabo that you bought with your survive money. No, my actually my brother has a place there that I I, I leech off of him. <laughs> so you can come and hang out if you want. Can Can you bring a camera into your bedroom so we can see the bed full of money that you sleep on? Yeah. <laughs> that, that that is absolutely one of those. Uh, no, that that is a fallacy. Nobody actually believes it, but it. Uh, there is a very slim margins, and it's very few people getting truly rich in this industry. That is, I would like to go on record as saying that. Very few people getting truly rich. If you can sell your company to a very, very big company, we didn't speak about that big elephant in the room. That was a f- fantastic thing that occurred this past week, or the week before, right? When uh, yeah. Days of Wonder was sold to Asmodee, right? That's the Which number one. Because if you, and this is, I'm not, I'm not calling out Days of Wonder by any means. No, why should you? But the CEO actually, as recently as a year or two ago, I think he was quoted as saying, would you ever get rid of your company? And, and like he said, uh, the day my company is sold is the day they put me in the ground. <laughs> like he, basically, he basically said, uh, there's no way, you know, you, you should never say never, obviously, because everything can come back and haunt you. But um, he actually made the comment that, like, uh, there was absolutely no way he was ever going to get rid of the company and, and he was going to keep it till the day he died. So... Apparently, when they back up a Brinks truck full of money, you just say, uh, "Yeah, okay." I, I never heard. I never heard that quote. Uh, I assume you're talking about Eric. Eric is the CEO. Eric Houtemont is the CEO yeah. of the company. He, um, I, I'm surprised that, that he even made that statement. If he did, I guess I, I didn't see it. But Eric made a lot of money. I, I don't know Eric personally. I know I know um, um, Mark Hoffman very well. Um, it might have been Mark Hoffman. I don't know. I mean, it, it got. It, it could be. It could very well be incorrect because it was. It was said to me uh, by another industry person, uh, like another person who runs so, a publishing company. So you're saying it's not first-hand information? No, either. I did not read it. But, uh, but Joel, how this, do you get these people on this show with you? I it's don't terrible. even know. <laughs> but but let's let's be clear. The, the person that I heard this from uh, is like the straightest arrow in the world. He's like you, Stephen. So I don't know why he would lie to me. <laughs> No, but um, the the I, I I can't even comment on the on the whole whether he said it or not, of course. But um, you know, when 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 somebody comes to you with a, with a good offer to to buy your company, it's, it's a good idea to 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 look at those. And that's just a smart business person. So um, I think I think they're gonna. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I think personally it was a, it was it's 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 a it's a very Interesting thing for the industry. I mean, this is I'm commenting on this from an industry perspective. Now, it's a very interesting thing for the industry to see the the largest company in the industry. And 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 for those who don't know, Asmodee is the largest company in the hobby game industry in the world. Mm-hmm. Period. Now that's and that includes Fantasy Flight, who is the largest company, happens to be in the U.S. Asmodee is a what we call a very Big vertically integrated company. They own distribution. They own the largest distributor in England of all places. Estevium is the largest distributor in England. They own them. Um, they're owned by a very big concern out in Europe as well. So they're a they're a uh, 
Uh, they were sold at the beginning of this year for something around. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss this quote exactly, but something around 110 million euro, which is or 140 or so million dollars. That's how big Asmodee is. That was the selling price of that company uh, earlier this year. They bought probably the I don't know fifth biggest, sixth biggest, you can whatever number that you put. Um, Days of Wonder, top ten uh, biggest companies in the industry. It, it's saying something for the health of the industry that that a big company would say, "Wow, that's this is a good thing for us to do with another big company. Let's buy them because they're very strong, and let's get a let's even get a bigger brand going." So, um, I I I was very excited to hear about it. I was very happy for Mark because I know him very well that uh, they're doing very well and they're going to they're going to manage themselves into a good place. They're going to bring that company and hand it over to Asmodee in a good way. Um, and I think in general it's um, the industry is very strong uh, and is going to continue to see you know very big growth over the next the next foreseeable future uh, and continue to see other things like this happening. That's that's my prediction. Sounds good. I think that uh, Mark and uh, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot the other guy's name. Eric. Eric. Um, they're going to still stay involved, from what I understand. They're not really like, going away or anything. Sure, for at least for a little while. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we got to sort of wrap up a little bit here. Um, let me ask. I want to ask Stephen one last question. This is all right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to yank his chain or anything here. This yes, you like, will. Yes, you well, will. <laughs> I'm sure you will. There's no doubt. Uh, okay. Um. No, okay, okay. Uh, just, just a total trivia type of game, uh, trivia question kind of thing. Um, in the last like year or so, what uh, game that you didn't publish uh, that's come out have you like played the most of that, that like you were really um, excited about? Like as far as like you thought was like a really good game and you really enjoyed. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. That's a good question. Uh, I probably played more, like one one game that I didn't do. I probably played more um, Love Letter than anything. Okay. You know, no, that's... no. I... Go ahead. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, and then uh, is that just because it was it's kind of quick and easy to set up and just deduction and you can play it like it's just that quintessential like quick fast game to play? It's because it's a great game. It is fast. It's uh, it's fantastic. And uh, ever since playing it for the first time, I said I got to get one of these games into my lineup. So, uh, <laughs> so where, why don't you have one then? That was my next question. Oh, like, why don't you on. have like, Why don't I have a? Why don't I have the next great anything? So it's you know you have to get it pitched to you. All right. Uh, so I've, you- I've actually made I've actually made public statements. I'm I'm looking for a micro game, but every micro game will always be compared to Love Letter. So it's got to be. That good. I've been pitched a half dozen of them at least, and I've said no, 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 and no. The okay, one so that I did like a lot got picked up by somebody else before I, I had a chance to get it. Well, what was it? What was it? Say it. No, I can't tell you that. Oh, okay. Well, then see, that kind of like dovetailed into the question that I wanted to ask was, um, since you've been a publisher, um, what is like, I mean, besides uh, the kerfuffle. Uh, the much publicized kerfuffle. Um, what is like the like the biggest like mistake or like you said? Ah, I totally missed the boat on that one. Or if I just made the phone call five minutes earlier, or if I just signed that guy. What what's your like regret, if you will? Yeah, it's funny. I've been asked that question a lot, and I um, 
I've always said I, um, I I don't have one of those. I don't have one that like, damn, I could have and I didn't. There's a slight one that has just actually occurred this year, earlier this year, sort of. I could have had um, Camel Up, um, which uh, was the Spiel des Jahres winner. Um, That doesn't mean as much in the U.S. I'm not sure if you guys know this. If you if you have a if you have that if you have a Spiel des Jahres winner in and you're in and you're in Europe, and you're in Germany specifically, you'll do 20 or 30 times the number of units that you would have done otherwise. 20 to 30 times. So that's staggeringly good. In the U.S., it's like three or four times. So while, yes, I still would have liked to have done it, um, and I still would have liked to have done it, it's not like a, like, I'm gonna go, you know, buy an island someplace or something. I'm not. It's not a life-changing event. Um, the only reason, and I liked the game quite a bit. I I really liked it. I loved it. I can say, but I was already committed this year, as you can see. I was already committed to every one of the games I I have already done. So, I was doing ten more games already this year. It was gonna be eleven. I let one slip. So I I had to tell Edgar Spiel. I said like I I just can't. I love the game. I just can't do another game this year. And Z-Man ended up picking up, and my buddy Zev, and you know he's still there. He's doing great with that, so I'm very happy for him. Wish I had it. Great <laughs> game, but um, you know, you know that, that's it, the only one that I can say that you know point to. I can say, ah, kind of wish I would have got that. Is it wrong? I was just like I was hoping like you had your. I'm very happy for him. I wish him all the luck in the world. <laughs> Zeb is my single best friend in the industry. I will never ever like think badly about him. No, are you kidding me? It's and awesome. he cashed out. He cashed out. He he got the big payday. So so what's what's but, your I mean what's your uh, what's your what's your uh, what's your what's your sticker price, man? When if somebody comes up and and wants you to cash out, what's your strong, sticker price? Stronghold Games is not for sale. Come on. Oh, okay. Well, you, you just yeah. said any, anybody's got their price. You just said every, that, so. but every man does have his price. That is actual. That, that's true. I mean, you, I mean, you do. You, as a, uh, as an owner of a company, you, you, you would be uh, not doing your fiduciary responsibility to not entertain every, uh, you know, every offer that was made. I've never been made an offer. I don't anticipate being made one anytime soon. But um, you know, you 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 know, and and Zeb actually said he wasn't looking for somebody to buy him out when that happened. It just it it happened. Somebody came to him. He didn't have, he didn't have something in mind, and, and then he negotiated, and it ended up happening. And he's got the greatest deal in the world because he's integrally involved in the stuff that is the most fun part of the industry: going out and finding new games, right? Play games, find games, play test games. You love this game, you then bring it to market. You you present it to the people that own the company to bring it to market. So he does all the fun stuff and all the crappy stuff. You know, the customer service, love our customers, but there's a lot of customer service emails you got to deal with. All the production you have to deal with, there's a lot of that work that has to be done. He does all the fun stuff and doesn't have to deal with the the true grindy stuff, and and that's that's great. And of course, he got you know a nice payout you know in the end. So it's the American dream, is what you're saying. Well, he did. He did. He did okay. Well, all right. Well, that's cool. You all got right. something for him, Joel? Come on. Yeah. Man. So we we're running up against it. Uh, I wish we could go for another two hours, but unfortunately, I think we we probably could. Well, I, so. Yeah. 
But so at Gen Con, you had Diamonds, you had Die Fighter, you had Panamax. Uh, I'm probably forgetting one. Among the Stars, which is your favorite. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh, no comment. I'll move on from Oh, there. whatever. You bag in the dumbest games, Joel. Whatever. All right. Um, all right. Next subject. Uh, Essen. So, what are you bringing to Essen? Give us, give us your rundown. Essen. So I, that was four games that that premiered, um, or 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 were available at least at Gen Con. At Essen, I actually have to. I'm actually clicking on uh, my website here so I can just sort of remember them all because I have six more titles um, that will show up first at Essen. Um, I already mentioned uh, a few of them, but let me let me go through some of them. Um, I have two expansions for Among the Stars: Among the Stars, The Ambassadors Expansion One, and Among the Stars: Expanding the Alliance Expansion Two for Among the Stars. So both of those games also will be there first. I have Medina. I mentioned that that's a reprint of a, a 2001 game. Rio Grande had brought that up back then. We're bringing that back now with even more beautiful components that were in the original game. Now, one of that game was, it's an abstract game about building a city, essentially. Right. And um, and it was prized back then for the amount of wood that was in the game and how beautiful the wood pieces were. Well, of course, in 2014, you can even do that much better, you know, with, with, uh, with, with the tooling that you can do on wood. So, therefore, it's even going to look better than it did back then. Uh, we're bringing that back for gamers. That'll premiere there. Uh, yeah, I've seen pictures of this online. I would recommend anybody go look at it. It yeah, looks gorgeous. I appreciate, yeah. yeah, I appreciate you mentioning that. Yeah, if you go look at the pictures that I I put up recently on on uh, Medina, um, and some very thematic ones too, like that were taken by a photographer, it absolutely looks stunning. Um, we and we've made some changes to the game too, which is kind of cool. So yeah, it's a two sided board now. You can play it down to two players. It was a three four player game. Now it's a two to four player game. Um, we've added some new wooden wooden pieces to the game and some new tiles to the games. So we've actually added components, added mechanics into the game. Still, the designer was integrally involved with doing all that work with us, so that's going to be fantastic for us. Kanban Automotive Revolution, I, I mentioned that before. That's the other heavy Euro. In fact, it's even a bigger Euro than Panamax. Panamax I would even put in the, the mid to heavyweight range. Panamax, once you get past, you know, you get past that learning curve, it's very approachable. It's a, it, it's got some very novel things going on there, but the game flows very well, and, and I think that, that, you know, most Euro gamers are really going to be able to just grok that pretty easily. Kanban, it's it's that much bigger. It's Vital Lacerda. He's it's all he does is like the big heavy Euros. Uh, his first game was Vinos, the winemaking mm-hmm. game. His yeah. second game was CO2 that I did uh, with GOCX, GOCX out in Italy. And Kanban, that's my game specifically. He came to me and said, "I really want you to do Kanban with me uh, about producing automobiles, the autom- automotive industry." And the name Kanban, by the way, for those who care, came is is a process management system that was adopted by the Japanese auto manufacturers, Toyota and Honda, back in the 90s and made them the great they were the great automotive manufacturers for a while. And then has since been, been adopted by, by many others in various industries, including uh, in U.S. automotive industry. Um, so that that's going to be a very big release for us as well. So I think I just named... Uh, oh, and the, the last one is Core Worlds Revolution, the second expansion for Core Worlds. So that's six... Six, six new releases yes. um, that are going to be coming out um, at 
uh, at Gen Con. Uh, at, at Eston. At Eston. Yes. So, uh, so it's going to be What about us poor schlubs that uh, can't make it to Germany? Why, when do we get our hands on, like, Kanban and Medina? Oh, well, that's kind of a good segue, because if if you go over to the Strong Games website, right there on the front page, i got my release schedule. Currently on pre-order, we have currently on pre-order, we have Panamax, still on pre-order. Awesome game. Uh, that's right, thank you. We have the two Among the Stars expansions, and we have Core Worlds Revolution. All those are on pre-order now. The Strong Games pre-order promises that, first of all, you get 30% off the MSRP if you pre-order from us, and you get it shipped to you before it gets strip- shipped out to distributors or to retailers. So, so you will get the game first through us before any other customer gets it if you'd like to get it on pre-order. Um, then we have the rest of the games, Medina, Kanban, Automotive Revolution, and, oh, I didn't even mention Space Cadets. Resistance is mostly futile. I didn't mention that one. Oh, my God, I forgot that one. That's I was the about to ask, I, like, you're, you're breaking my heart, Stephen. Like, oh, that's the expansion of <laughs> the original Space Cadets. I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah, I know that you like that as much as Dice Duel, right? I know that you said that recently when you did the Die Fighter expansion. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that one also is going to be at Essen. Those three games as well will be on pre-order with the final batch of games on pre-order. I'll probably open that to up during the first week in October. So again, you can all of these games, all of these these extra six games plus the the three that I already have, they're all going to be out this year for you. Just I ask gamers to now you know sign up for my newsletter at StrongholdGames.com. Um, follow us. Follow us on Twitter at Stronghold Games. Facebook is slash Stronghold Games. Keep abreast of what we're doing. You find out. You find out when our games go on pre-order. You find out when our releases are, uh, and you'll get the news first if you don't listen to me on podcasts uh, <laughs> when when things are when things are coming out. So um, I thank you guys very much for having me on the show. This has been been great. I was able to give you some news. Give you a yes. special guest with Mike Fitzgerald. I think we did yes, pretty yes. well tonight. I spent an extra half hour with you. Now I'm going to get back to my games downstairs. Yes. Please <laughs> get back to your games. I can't believe you, you gave up gaming with Mr. Fitzgerald and the other folks to uh, talk to us schlubs. But, yeah, to, uh, to, to, to you, you three, us three jack wagons, as somebody yes. said on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, the three jack wagons there. Well, <laughs> Lance, why don't we just rename the podcast? You know, Marco's not around anymore. Yeah, I know. It's sad. We just, need, we just need to have guests on more often, I think, so we can have yeah. three. There you go. Well, you need, Star- you need to have the Podfather on more often. How's that? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> well, hey, we're gonna have you on before BGGCon. We're gonna make that happen. I want, I want you to give out your big info. Or All right, we'll do that. Yes. But hey, um, I just, you know, and I, and I'm, I don't, want, I'm assuming I'm speaking for Joel, and Joel can chime in here, but, um, and I'm not trying to do this, but I've said this to you before. Um, one of the coolest things about doing podcast, doing reviews, being part of the industry is uh, meeting people like you. And like you said, you were like one of the very first publishers I ever had a connection with or a conversation with or anything like that. And you really, uh, you made me th- feel like the stuff I did mattered. And uh, you really, and you really went out of your way to tell me that you appreciate it. And, um, and so uh, I just wanted to say, you know, thanks for just being like a cool guy. And like, it, uh, it's so, it's so awesome. Well, no, I mean, no, there you go. I mean, I'm not trying to get all misty eyed or anything like that, but I mean, just, uh, if anybody, I'm saying to people, the people that listen to this, if you ever, um, like Steven runs, runs like he's got his hair on fire at, at, at the convention, but, um, if you get him to stop and slow down, he will, uh, 
he 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 makes he's he's got that wonderful innate charisma that makes you feel like even that five minutes that he spends talking to you, you're the most important person in the world to him at that that moment. Aww. And, no, that's, and that's, it has it has no, no, and it's it's a, it's a it's a tribute to you, and not not because you're a businessman or anything like that. It's just a tribute to you and and your uh, uh, just uh, your your mentality and, and the way you handle yourself and the way you handle your relationships. So there you go, man. No, no, that's very nice of you to say. That. Thank you very much. I mean, I um, I think that the the one thing that that I, I uh, we can close with is that I, you know I'm passionate about what I do. I mean I'm passionate about stronghold games. I'm passionate about gaming. I'm passionate about the the our our connection that we all make together when we we get together and we and we hang out and we game. So I mean this whole thing is is something that's really really cool to me. So yeah, I mean like I I'm there there are plenty of people that I have I've spent time with at conventions and plenty of people that like. They say like they bought a game and and then they didn't talk to me. But I always say like just hang out. Let's let's talk. Certainly when you find me in the evenings, <laughs> you're always gonna find me having a good time someplace. Probably <laughs> probably having probably having a beer someplace or or playing a game someplace. So so please stop me and let's talk and let's get to know each other. It's it's actually a very important thing to me to do that. Not only for the company but just simply because that's that's what this entire Hobby. This is what we do. I think that we all do. We get we get blamed for our social skills sometimes, right, gamers? But but we really are some of the most social people out there. And I'm and I'm very happy to be part of of you know of this hobby and of this industry. So thank you guys. The way Mike said it before. Thank you two guys for your contribution to the hobby, for for spreading the good news um, of gaming to everybody out there. Um, and you know, thank you for having me on as well. No, I mean, I, I like I said, it's just uh, and, and and also thank you for publishing Scott Nicholson's game, man. It was it was it was nice to see him uh, okay. get excited about that. I, I had him in his house at, at my house actually, which was like one of the coolest things ever. And and he had nothing but uh, awesome things to say about you and uh, oh. the development of of the game and everything else. So good man, go. he's a he's a cool guy. You should you should you should uh, see if he has more games to publish. Ah, uh, we're talking, we're talking. Don't worry. All right. <laughs> Okay. All right, you. These guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a break. These two guys can they can hang out, they can love each other. I got, I gotta use the men's room, man. I had two <laughs> beers when we're talking here. I'm, I gotta. All right, guys, it was, it's been, it's been yeah. fantastic. Thank you so much. I'll come back anytime. So uh, tomorrow you know, night. Okay. Yeah, not tomorrow, <laughs> but soon, very soon. All okay. Right. All, All right. right. Thanks, thanks, everybody. Thanks for watching and joining, and uh, we'll talk to everybody later. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye, bye.